0: Welcome to another episode of Story Screen Reports, the Story Screen Podcast, where we break down. We we can we grab all the story. There's so many news stories like fireflies in the night sky, and we grab them all, put them in a jar. And by I say all, I mean five. We grab five fireflies, five firefly stories. We put them in the jar, and then I uh, I sit on my rock and I tell you guys all about my favorite fireflies, my favorite fireflies. That, that analogy makes sense, right, guys? My name is Robbie Anderson, I'm the host of this uh, podcast where we cover the uh, top stories in uh, film, TV, entertainment. It's episode 5, it's crazy, almost half a year of doing story screen reports, you'll love to see it. Uh, I'm joined by, you know, we have an ever-rotating second chair, the story screen family always coming in and coming out, I love I love having them here with me. But I'm joined by the, the white knight of movies, Mike Burge, how you doing?
1: I'm doing really good. You're getting sleepy Mike Burge right now.
0: I'm getting sleepy Mike Burge. Yep. I do like a morning burge.
1: I know that you do, because I think a lot of people <laughs> do, because my uh it takes the filter
0: to, is it, has not grown. It in takes yet. me
1: being up and about it takes me being up for about an hour and a half and a couple cups of coffee to kinda reach that peak annoying, pretentious Mike Burge <laughs> that everybody <laughs> has come to love. But I'm I right. very much am like I'm not a morning person, but I'm not like grumpy. I mean, I can get grumpy, like if you just like fuck around with me, you know.
0: I think if you wake up and everything's on fire, you're pretty pissed off.
1: Yeah, I can get pretty pissed off, but for the yeah. most part, I'm I'm just kind of like um, uh, I'm like uh, uh, James Bond at the end of Casino Royale. It's just like all of my armor is gone. You've you've stripped <laughs> me of it, and it's just like I I'm I'm just like a little. Evergreen can just like completely manipulate me and everything, even though obviously she's working for the bad guy. Spoiler alert for Casino Royale. <laughs> I think the statute of limitations
0: are, are up on. That's Casino true.
1: Royale. Although I will say like I got pretty pissed off about the Soprano uh, spoilers in. um, What was that? Uh, She-Hulk. I got a little pissed oh, off because really? I, 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 I have not finished Sopranos because I've been kind of holding on to it in a Godfather type way. Was there a spoiler that was
0: more than just like the, they, the final they mentioned like, ending? They
1: mentioned like two character deaths, I think, from the last season, and okay, like yeah. and like who killed them, like kind of thing. And it was just like because I feel like I, everyone knows I, like how it ends. Yeah, ends. I've known yeah. for a while. I think I've even talked about in the podcast. I've known for a while, like different stuff in the Sopranos, and I just need to watch it already. It's my fault. Yeah. So like I can't be mad at anybody, but I was upset. Um,
0: yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's fair. There there are some... I remember uh, I had a friend, and it was like six months after Endgame came out, and he was just like, yeah, someone told me Endgame spoiler. I'm just like... Well, I you. mean, that's
1: also different. Come on. <laughs> yeah." I mean, it's, it kind of <laughs> evens out. Sopranos is one of the biggest movies of all time. I'm one of the biggest TV networks of all time, which we'll talk about later, too. Yeah. So, it's... I should have watched it by now. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean... It's fair. Oof, the uh, the energy,
1: the energy here. I'm just fucking like, ah, ooh, ooh rename, rename this show Hot Takes. Good God. Oh my God, nuclear. So how does Story
0: Screen Reports work? I compile the five story, the Firefly analogy that you guys all understood before. <laughs> I'll explain it. Uh I compile five stories, I believe are the f- top five stories in uh film, TV, entertainment. The show's a little bit different. You know, we're about to take a little bit of time for ourselves for the holidays. um, Normally in the show, we do a... uh, What's coming out next month? But January is more of a time for catch-up. It's more of a time to really, like, start... Not that new things don't come out, but really start catching up on the hits. The 2022 hits. Really start doing that. So we're going to drop that segment for this episode because we have a very special surprise... Very special surprise for you. There's a little bells
1: in the background, a Christmas that a Christmas miracle, ding, ding, a, ho- a holiday ding, ding, a holiday ding, ding. sensation.
0: Do I hear the reindeer on the roof? We will we will talk more about that as our uh, number five story. But we have a good show for you planned today. It's going to be really cool. Uh, the way it works, I got these articles. I'm going to read the headline, who wrote it, a segment from the article, and then we're going to dive in and, and break down the news. So, the first story on the real is the big, a, a huge, I, you know, huge, huge stuff. And we've been talking about it since Story Screen Reports episode one. So it's interesting to see it just ever changing and ever evolving, this new story. But Henry Cavill, no longer Superman, and more DC shakeups. Uh, this is, so I have a bunch of bullet points, kind of the main takeaways from this article written by Boris Kitt for The Hollywood Reporter. And I have a little bit of a timeline going. So this article came out December 7th. And the main takeaways were, Patty Jenkins no longer directing, or Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman three no longer moving forward. Curtain closing on the Snyderverse. None of the currently cast DC heroes returning. All of which have cameos in the Flash movie and may or may not, and those cameos may or may not have gotten cut. Momoa would be part of a new DCEU plans and play well known character we've all heard of, Lobo, after hanging up his trident and gold spandex. The future. Uh, the future plan for DC is an interconnected one. James Gunn, on December 8th, responded to this Hollywood Reporter article with a tweet. Uh, there's a longer tweet thread you can find on his Twitter, but I the first one is, So, as for the story yesterday in the Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, <laughs> and some of it we haven't decided yet, whether it's true or not. So, you know, vague, but also alluding to, like, well... Some of those things are actually going to happen. On December 14th, so a week later, James Gunn announces the DC slate is ready to go on December 14th. Uh, his, the first tweet in that tweet thread was, Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the year. So we'll be hearing about that soon enough. Uh, later that day, on December 14th, Henry Cavill announced that he will not be returning as Superman. He has a really uh, heartfelt note that he posted, and goes a little something like this. I have just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran. It is sad news. It's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing ground the changing of the guard is something that happens i respect that james and peter have a universe to build i wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes for those who have been by my side through the years we can mourn for a bit but then we must remember superman is still around everyone he stands for still exists and the examples he sets for us are still here or still there my turn to wear the cape has passed but what superman stands for never will it's been a fun ride with you all Onwards and upwards, real
1: quick.
0: <laughs> just joking. I love the man. He's great. We'll talk about him in a second. He's a little uh, gay, and then, too.
1: But that's a good thing. Well,
0: hey, we like that. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> I thought it was funny. Dwayne The Rock Johnson Ugh. follows Warner Brothers and Black Adam Instagram accounts on December 17th. And then he releases a statement uh, three <laughs> days later. And I am going to read the whole thing. Oh, this no. fucking hilarious.
1: Oh, <laughs> You're gonna my read the whole thing, friends. all right? Just everybody, while you're while you're reading this, just <laughs> imagine Vin Diesel is somewhere right now, dancing while like making his smoothie <laughs> in his kitchen and just like having a great time. That, that's just, just think of that,
0: vibing. Uh, my passionate friends, I wanted to give you a long-awaited Black Adam update regarding the character's
1: <laughs> future <laughs> <in this> universe. <laughs>
0: James Gunn and I connected, and Black Adam will not be in their first chapter of storytelling. However, DC and the seven, and seven Bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways Black Adam can be utilized in the future DC multiverse chapters. James and I have known each other for years and have always rooted for each other to succeed. Hmm. It's been no different now, and we'll, and I will always root for DC and Marvel to win and win big. You guys know me and I have very th- thick skin <laughs> and you can always count on me to be direct with my words. These decisions made by James and DC leadership represent their vision for the DCU through their creative lens. After 15 years of relentless hard work to finally make Black Adam, I'm proud of the film we delivered for fans worldwide. I will I will always look back. On the fan reaction to Black Adam, with tremendous gratitude, humility, and love, we did great. To my very passionate and vocal Black Adam slash superhero genre fans, I love you. Thank you, and I will always listen to you and do my best to deliver and entertain you. What a haluva month! Now we all need some taramana. Uh, <laughs> have a productive week and happy holidays <laughs> to you and your families. All right, have so. a
1: productive week.
0: Story number one, a doozy, a lot to unpack, but um, I think, you know, the first thing to kind of start with is what what do we think James Gunn and Peter Safran are up to? They're trying to obviously, like, clear the room, clear it out. Kind of reminds me of when Disney bought Star Wars and they were like, we need to get rid of a lot of this stuff to kind of get a clear runway for our own storytelling, which they have, you know we all have mixed feelings about. So Mike, what do you th- what do you think that the the strat is going forward? Are they really going to be mimicking Marvel? Are they going to be starting from like a ground one or are we going to see a lot of characters starting where maybe their stories are already going in continuity?
1: Uh I would say given James Gunn and Peter Safran's involvement, which those two guys know what they're doing and they're fucking fantastic and given their Relationship to both DC and Marvel and like what it's been before. I would imagine that they know what they're doing. Um DC to pick up James Gunn, even when he's like still going to be on like press tours and stuff regarding to the galaxy, finishing that movie up. Um To pick him up means that he had a really good pitch. And I would imagine with Peter Safran, he definitely had a really good pitch because like that guy can get money out of anybody for anything. Um, yeah. I would imagine, like, I don't think that they're going to copy Marvel. Um I think that DC already tried that and it did not work. And that was, that's been DC's 10 year plan, which is just to try and <clears throat> rip yeah. off Marvel. You know, there's always that big joke where it's just like, Marvel took like a bunch of time to like make, you know, like five movies And kind of set everything up and then come together with this one movie after like, you know, four or five years to try and like make this thing happen. They put the time in and it paid off. Whereas DC was just like a Superman movie that wasn't supposed to be connected to anything. And then it was like a Superman Batman movie, even though Batman didn't have his own movie. Justice League. Yeah. And you're just like, well, Jesus Christ. And then it's like, and then Wonder Woman and then Aquaman and then... The Flash. Remember when the Flash movie was supposed to come out like four years ago? We're
0: still getting it. Still getting out of it. all of out of all of these things. They're just yeah. like you guys are going to eat this.
1: That Flash fucking! Movie. F- I fucking cannot really wait it. to see that fucking Flash movie. That is just going to be so excited. so, so excited. fucked up. Um, but no, I, I think I completely trust them to be able to handle it. I think that it does need a page one reevaluation. I think some yeah. things should stay. I think losing Henry Cavill as Superman is a major loss. I think that that but I think it makes sense because the boy is getting older and you want to you want to do the thing that they're starting to do right now over in Marvel, where it's like they're hiring younger actors to play the young Avengers so that those actors will be able to stick around a little bit longer. As yeah. opposed to, you know, like, 10 years and stuff like that. Like, you know, luckily for them, Robert Downey Jr. was aging like a fine wine. So over the course of, like, you know, the 14 years that they were making these movies, you know, even though Downey Jr. was already, like, well into his 40s by the time he got the role, um, if not older, um, yeah. you know, he still looked fucking great.
0: Yeah. So I think and that that's what they're doing. They the want, like, a younger like...
1: Superman, a younger yeah. Batman, you know, but... We'll we'll see. We're gonna get more news on it. It's kind of hard to speculate on, like as far as like fan casting what they're gonna do and everything. But from what I've yeah. seen, James Gunn's more interested in the Suicide Squad ness of it all, like the the smaller side characters, not just the, the the big three, the 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 holy trinity of DC. He's he's interested in like Green Arrow and Green Lantern and all the other green characters and you know Polka dot Man and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's <clears throat> his strength is to kind of like take ambiguous characters and make them feel like you know the the main the main stage characters. It was announced or uh, not announced, but it was um, no, I think it was announced. He said that he is writing a first draft of an of a young Superman movie. Yeah. So and like you know, I imagine that he's writing basically he's doing a draft one to then maybe give it to someone to kind of like. Draft to and direct I don't think he would be Mm -hmm. directing it Um, I'm curious what that movie would would look like I think it would be interesting to have A DCEU where Superman is like one of the younger Characters in it And he gets to kind of have like the Peter Parker effect Where he's like whoa this is all crazy But I'm really strong and can't really like Figure out what to do with my powers yet I think that could be an interesting place to
1: put it They did it in the comics you know with the new 52 Um, not too long ago, where they kind of reset. Like, comic books are always resetting. Again, this is a thing, like, I'm used to it, as far as that, and that's also, like, a dumb thing to say, because a lot of things reset. There's a new Gossip Girl. Um, But yeah, they they, they were doing that, where it's like, you know, it's a younger Superman who's, like, still trying to kind of figure out, like, what it is, and I think one of the special things about James Gunn, especially as a writer, is, you know, as a director, he's filmmaker-forward, so that's one thing. Like he's already talked about how Matt Reeves and Matthew Vaughn, he's just like, these guys are directors first and foremost, and they're being given the opportunity to make these big budget, high level movies, and they're doing them with care and craft. But as a writer, You know, like he has made some of the saddest Marvel movies, you know, like movies that just make you fucking cry every time you watch them because he's got a lot of heart. And even in stuff like Super and Slither and Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad, these like high violent genre movies, he's very he's got a lot of heart. And I feel like for James Gunn, he is able to turn off or dial down that kind of trauma aspect of his, like, that gore effect and that, like, kind of high-concept genre stuff, he can dial that down but the charm and the heart can still be there and that's what a Superman character needs
0: Yeah, I think he's so capable I totally agree, I think he's very capable of like, I think and, like, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I I do feel like maybe your first reaction to hearing that he's doing a Superman movie, is just like oh, well, is it going to be, like, violent and fucked up is Superman going to say fuck all the time is gonna be like crass, basically. No, that's and when like, Zack you know, Snyder got hired. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's and that's how I think people like forget. I I imagine it's gonna be a lot of like beautiful beautiful shots of middle America, amber waves of grain, a killer soundtrack, and young Superman like you know just kind of just kind of vibing for a little bit. And you know we'll see. It is you know Superman has many a movie made about him. So uh, how to come in there and make it unique, I do think James Gunn is perfect for it. I think Superman could use a little bit of the pulpiness that James Gunn is is a master of. It's hard to
1: make a Superman movie more so than any other superhero because he's fucking Superman. Yeah. You have to make a world where Superman doesn't exist if you're doing an origin story. And that's like different than a world where Spider-Man doesn't exist. Arguably the most recognizable and famous Marvel character. Like it's different. Superman is like, it literally is. He's an idea. Like you can just be like, oh, that person's like Superman or like, oh, I'm going to go Superman on this. Like that's, it's more of an action and a verb. It can be anything. Like it's, it's just so in the psyche. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to like kind of create that thing. And it's like, that's where Zack Snyder was trying to come from. I was like, well, how would that affect somebody taking on that mantle that they maybe didn't want? And yeah. just did it for too long. That's good for a movie and then make him Superman. But he never did that.
0: Yeah. I mean, Zack Snyder's approach with Man of Steel, like, is is cool on paper where it's just like, I'm going to focus on
1: him as the alien. Right, and it's just like you know but what we've never seen it before. Don't just so. keep doing that. Like that's that's yeah, that's why like <laughs> that's why his movies suck. And I'm sorry to everybody. Like yeah, it's there's just there's like no there's no change to that. anything. No one is there's growing. No growth, They're just yeah. like fighting shit. And it, uh, I don't know. Sorry.
0: No, you're right. Uh, who has gotten a worse rap than Henry Cavill as Superman? Um,
1: I, I mean, I, I like love. So... I, I, the thing is that he's good as the character. It he I he's know, very good. It's, so it's just what he's being asked to do is like that's the one thing like with. Say what you want about the dude, and he sucks. But the Joss Whedon changes to Superman in uh, Justice League. I really enjoyed as far as the Superman character and what Henry Cavill could do. Like, remember we went and saw Justice League like opening night, and that opening shot. Even though like his mouth is all fucked up, but it's like that that cell phone footage of Superman just like saves some people, and there's kids talking Mm -hmm. to him, and they're like, "What's your favorite part of Earth?" And you can see like he stops and listens. And he can hear Lois Lane wherever she is on the planet, and he smiles. Like I'm like that's yeah. I, I think I like grabbed your hand. I was like, "It's Superman! Look, he's being yeah, nice. He he's being a nice person." I feel like for us at Story Screen, the whole thing has always
0: been like we want to see him get another shot. Like we want it. Like we want Henry Cavill to like get his his chance because we've always like I want to see what his his chops are for really being Superman. He looks the part. He's great, yeah. and he has moments like that where Zack Snyder like, was it's never there.
1: interested in him ever
0: no Zack Snyder was like how do I make him like how do uh, I
1: get to Batman
0: bat like bat yeah, yeah exactly yeah what's my what's my like jumping how can I get
1: to Batman? Batman that's like why Batman versus Superman is more of a Batman movie and that's why Justice League is more of a Batman movie and he's making yeah. Superman the back <laughs> yeah
0: you're gonna do that in the second movie man's a great movie though. the back fuck yeah Aquaman's cool. Aquaman and cool. you know Jason Momoa as I don't know Dick all about Lobo but uh, you know. I, he's a weird
1: character. It's, yeah it's but fun. I mean that
0: does seem perfect for like a James Gunn Pantheon sure. DCEU to be like and we will make Lobo the main guy. It's just like this sounds on brand. Um, you know we're getting out of the story soon. The uh, <laughs> Rock Johnson just like being like hey man I like Marvel too and like you know it's so funny that he's just like when they want to do multiverse stuff I'm gonna be here it's just like it took Marvel like 20 years almost to get to their multiverse Mm -hmm. saga although in
1: in uh fairness you know Secret Wars is like Marvel's big like multiverse thing in the comics um and but DC has had like Inf, like the inf the crisis uh, stuff, crisis crisis on infinite Earths, sure. crisis. Uh, you know, like I, I, they've had all of these different kind of like the multiverse is very big in the DCU is in the DC comic universe as well. So it's like there's a lot yeah. that you could do there that I would imagine that they would want to do. Like I would never watch those TV shows that are on like the CW and stuff because there's just so fucking much of them. I've watched some of them, but it just became too much, kind of like comics where right? yeah. I couldn't keep <laughs> up anymore. Um, but I've heard, like, you know, they had Brandon Ruth on there as Superman. They had, um, a fucking... And Kevin
0: Conroy was Batman live yeah, action.
1: Yeah, you know, like, old those, Batman, so. like, and, like, kind, like, and, uh, different... I think Tom Welling, too, from Smallville was a Superman on there at one point, and they had a fucking, uh, fucking, um, uh, Flippy Stick McGee, or whatever their name <laughs> is, uh, showed up as The Flash, uh, who was just like, I'm a criminal
0: yeah we'll see Dwayne's love for Black Adam is you know I think it's cute but he's like on a different planet thinking about what that movie is I mean he's kind of in denial he
1: has been working on that goddamn movie for like 15 years for a long time it's
0: just too late but what a
1: weird thing to fixate on
0: yeah, to put all your like money and backing behind behind is a Black Adam movie. I guess it's like he's like this is the only opportunity I have to be. I mean, the big like a main like the main protagonist in a superhero movie. I guess, but I I don't know. It's I just a mean, weird I I one it, to, yeah. to
1: to to strap his entire fucking like fleet to. He's just like a, this is what we're doing. It's like, what? I even have
0: trouble imagining him in a Marvel movie just because he's he's too he's too big much of. He's too big. Yeah. He's too much. I'm doing the rock Johnson, yeah. no matter what he's doing. He would have, it would have to be something like guy. a
1: Russell Crowe is Zeus kind of cameo thing. Like he get a scene and like, you're this big yeah, guy yeah. and stuff, but like, and I don't think, he, I don't think he'd, uh, I don't think he plays with that. No, I, I don't think he yeah. wants to much like, you know, Tom Cruise and Vin Diesel, these kind of aging action stars that are well in like, that are getting goddamn old, um, but are kind of refusing to let go of that and, and, uh, reflect on their career and kind of become you know, not so much an elder seats, not become so much like an elder statesman kind of thing, like like that can bring um, you know, some gravitas uh, yeah. and worth to a scene but more just kind of like, like Russell Crowe is there and he's gotten it, he's like, hey look I'm not gladiator anymore, baby like I get it, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I'm not that guy anymore, but I can I can like get up there and act angry and have like a nice big shuff belly and yeah, and, 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 there's, and like, joke gr- around. there's like
0: grace there. Yes, right? there is. You know? There, there yeah.
1: is like a, uh, a self-awareness. But I mean, those three in particular, that's not their cup of tea. It's not their vibe. I don't think that nope. anybody would say that The Rock is um, aggressively self-aware and selfless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you if you if you listen to me read that statement, it is not of someone who is self-aware.
1: No, no.
0: Uh, one thing I didn't put in here that is related to the story that you know it brings me great pain is the there are rumors that there was a Batman Beyond movie in development that got canned, mm-hmm. and I'm only hoping it happened because it was going to be bad. That's what I'm telling myself. I'm like, it could have been bad. Could have been bad. But it seemed like it was it's, it was going to be cool. Uh, Michael Keaton as old Batman. Michelle Pfeiffer's back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Batman Beyond. I wanted that. I mean, that's all
1: I ever wanted. I really do think that DC needs to move forward. That's yeah. I think their big thing. And you know, as much as I'm excited to see Michael Keaton as Batman again, like for fun, for fun, one movie, don't keep doing it. Move on. Get a new Batman, Stop it.
0: They should do a Logan. I mean, like, don't touch Matt Reeves' shit at all. Like, don't even fucking think about it. Don't Mm. I don't want them to mess with that movie at all. And I don't want their I don't want them to interconnect his shit into their shit. I don't want that. Mm. But uh I do think that a Logan-style Michael Keaton Batman movie, just give him one more, get Dane DeVito back as Penguin, get <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer back. It's like that would be – that would hit, mm. you know? And I think people would, like, come out for that. But that's the thing, you know, th- and that's what I feel like we talked about in, like, Story Screen Reports Episode 1. We just like, the DCU should maybe try and just tell, like, separate, distinct stories and not try to interconnect everything. And here we are mm. five episodes later, and it's just like – and I think we also said like don't make James Gunn do it. <laughs> Here yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, five episodes later, it's like all right. Well, they're they're not they're doing what we, you and me. They didn't listen to us, Chris. You know, shockingly. So mm-hmm. we'll see what the the plan is, but we'll know soon. Uh, you got anything else you want to say on on the story? Mike? I mean,
1: now I'm remembering. Yeah, we were talking about like well, James Gunn is right there, and I hope they don't let make him do it. Like, did they hear us? And they're like, oh,
0: I know, right? Well, like they, they heard, heard us that. but didn't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> they're like. Mm. They're like, well, they're not right about stuff. Well, either. that sounds good. I I mean, yeah, you they're know. like,
1: ah, oh, these fucking idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. That is a good idea.
0: I mean, you know, Matt Reeves is so locked up in, like, we were saying, like, oh, well, don't make Matt Reeves do it. Yeah. It seems like he's locked into Batman well, doing every. I think that that Batman was, Batman
1: was anyway, like, so. right around the time, too, that Matt Reeves kind of turned it down, where he was like, mm, I don't know I'm about sure that. They asked, no, right? they definitely yeah. asked, because, like, that yeah. would be the first thing to do, but I don't think Matt Reeves is interested in being locked down in in a franchise- that he would have to constantly be like kind of hitting it up, like maybe returning to Batman every now and then and letting Robert Pattinson get old, but he might not be interested in even playing ball with all this nonsense if they want to interconnect it.
0: I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to do that. I think what's going to happen is like, he will be very involved right now with like laying the groundwork for Batman and then kind of be able to like do Batman two and then maybe take it back to do Batman three, but then all the other Batman projects will find Directors and places. Mm-hmm. I I think it's good that they're splitting the Kevin Feige role between two people. I think that I think the future of DC is is bright and interesting again. Whereas before it was pretty like redundant and yeah annoying.
1: I mean again like we're probably not going to see any output from these changes for like another two years at least. Yeah, you know. So it's kind of just like waiting for the news. I'm like, all right, well, who's going to play who and what's going to be going on? And
0: yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, what's what's Ground Zero mm-hmm. with it? Story number two: Mike Flanagan jumps from Netflix to Amazon Prime. Uh, this story is uh, all about Mike Flanagan and what he's doing next. Uh, so the first story in this kind of the first sub the first like article in this story is Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy make deal with Amazon Studios. Uh, this is written by Nelly Andriva for Deadline. Prolific genre creators Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy uh, of Haunting of Hill House and Midnight Mass, Mass fame have signed an exclusive multi-year overall series deal with Amazon Studios. Under the pact, the duo will develop and produce projects via their Intrepid Pictures Company, which will exclusively stream on Prime Video in more than 240 countries and territories worldwide. Quote, Mike and Trevor are remarkable uh, Mike and Trovo are remarkable at telling immersive, suspenseful stories that masterfully keep audiences engaged from start to finish, said Vernon Sanders, head of global television at Amazon Studios. Quote, we are excited to welcome them to Amazon Studios and are looking forward to our global customers experiencing their genre-bending creativity, end quote. Uh, later that week, we, or I think later that day, I forget when exactly the stories came out, but it was all within a chunk of a few days. We find out that Midnight Club is canceled. This article is written by Natalie Oganesian for The Wrap. Midnight Club premiered on Netflix on October seventh. Both critic, both to both positive critics and audience reviews. However, it only remained on the Netflix top 10 for three weeks. At the end of the day, viewership numbers stacked up unfavorably with the series cost. Upon its debut on the chart, it was ranked at number four with 18.8 million hours viewed. It gained traction in week two with 49.9 million viewing hours, peaking at number three after sliding back. Uh, Back to number five. In its third week, the series dropped off the list entirely in week four, facing heavy competition from The Watcher, Dahmer, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, From Scratch, and Big Mouth, among other titles. Quote, I promised everybody at Comic-Con that I'd put up all of the answers to the Central Mysteries on Twitter, which I will honor. Mike Flanagan told The Wrap previously. Quote, but yeah, the show was designed to carry forward, and we... Made the decision in the writer's room to not reveal two of our kind of bigger existential uh, secrets uh, of the show so that we'd have something to say in the second season. End quote. Uh, This is me saying this, but one week later we learned that the project uh, that the project the horror duo is working on for Amazon Studios is a Dark Tower adaptation. The project is envisioned to be five seasons long with two standalone features. So. I think overall good news for Mike Flanagan. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Yeah, I'd agree. I think I'll have more, uh, creative control and stuff like that. Outside of that. It's interesting to, it'll be interesting to find out years from now, like what happened, uh, between him and Netflix. Obviously something must have happened. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, maybe Amazon owns some rights, uh, Stephen King wise. And, you know, Flanagan is a Stephen King boy so right
0: we'll see I mean I I think my main takeaway besides being like you know excited that dark tower is happening with him at the helm I don't think there's anyone that can do it besides him and I'm glad that it seems like Amazon's like giving him the um, (laughs) the rings of power treatment where they're just like here is um, a treasure chest just full of cash and it's bottomless so go ahead and make that happen So that deal is like pretty much locked in. Um, I think they're going to make it cool. And but I think that my main takeaway is reading that Midnight Club story is what do these shows need to fucking do to get renewed for second seasons? Like, I mean, like these numbers are are insane. Like these are crazy, like viewing
1: numbers. It kind of doesn't make any sense. And there there's got to be something that I don't understand about it because I don't work there, so I don't know. But. It kinda doesn't make any sense that you drop all the episodes at once and then you're really big for a week. And in that week, everybody who's interested in watching the show that you appeal to in marketing watches the show. Do you think they're just gonna watch it again?
0: Yeah, and then like, you're mad at the What the like hell are you talking about? It? Yeah, like, like if
1: you if you squeeze them out, like Week to week, you know, like two here, two there, like you'll keep those numbers as far as that. But it's going to be the same amount of people that watch it or maybe the buzz will become bigger and people will watch it more, you know, like the, the binge dropping uh, shit just doesn't work. Yeah. But they think that it works because when people say like, oh, we're, we're going to binge drop Stranger Things, we're never going to change that model. I was like, hell yeah, just give it to me.
0: Yeah, put in my face. Yeah, and it's
1: just like, <laughs> I mean, people are telling you that they want that, but one of the biggest things in advertising and marketing and, pro- and productive design is, like, people don't know what they want. You you need to tell them what they want and why they want it like that. That's your you to job. them. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that, you know, you you look at this list of the competition, The Watcher, Dahmer, Guillermo del Toro's, Cabin of Curiosities, From Scratch, Big Mouth. I can at least say Guillermo del Toro's, Cabin of Curiosities, is not really bingeable TV. So it makes sense that it had kind of like a longer tail because like you kind of watch it piecemeal, right? Mm-hmm. The Watcher is pretty bingeable. I think I think Claire like watched that in a day. Mm-hmm. And like if you watch any of it, you're just like, yeah, I want to fucking know what happens next. And if you're binging Dahmer, you're a fucking sicko. <laughs> so,
1: but That's what well, a, lot a lot of people did. You know, it's you. that's yeah. that's how people kind of ingest this. That's how most people ingest these they this content. Yeah, this they stuff. just consume it and yeah. consume it and that's going to affect these numbers like that. That's why I'm like, I must be misunderstanding something on how they're calibrating these numbers because it's yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense. You're, you're going to spend months and months and months on making this thing and marketing it like a year, a year. And then you're just like, everybody watches it in a week. Cause it's 10 episodes and everybody just watched it. And then you're just like, oh, I guess it sucks. Cause like people stop watching it. And it's like, No, everybody watched it already. It's over.
0: It's yeah, the margins just like don't make sense. And like, you know, I think the article says that uh, Midnight Club came out to both positive and audience reviews. And like, I do think I think people dug it. I think it was definitely like received weaker than the previous Mike Flanagan projects. Yeah. Um, But also it's just like, I don't know, like a show that has this level of attachment usually you keep it because a season two properly advertised can we'll t- really rain in. We'll like, talk about that easy money. more in a little
1: like, bit too. Yeah. Cause, it, yeah. but it's like also like, you know, me and Diana are, uh, my lovely partner, we're Diana, Tamir. we're doing the Flanagan podcast. And we literally just did the, uh, last months was the, the midnight club episode, you know, and we talked about on there, like, you know, just like how this is very different from most Flanagan stuff because he's trying to do something a little bit different with it, both in tone and the type of story, it's very much built to have a second season, if not more. Like it's built to go on, and a lot of people didn't like that because I think that they were expecting kind of like you know something like a Midnight Mass or Hill House or Blind Man or something with a close, like it's it's done. And yeah. it's very much not like that. It's much more of a traditional, you know, series. Like and it's it, kind it of like go a on. goosebumps. Too, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. it's more kind of aimed at young adults. The themes are still a little heavy, but they're maybe treated a little bit more. Um, Kind of a uh, more like in a fun genre way than more of like a uh, existential crisis. Uh, think about doom, even though the 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 show literally is about considering death and existence, staring into the yeah. void of your yeah. of your existence.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like with shows like even for me where I I, I skip on a show because I you know the first season I'm, I, it doesn't grab me or uh, I don't hear like the like oh you have to see this if a season two comes out and people are just like yo it's really picked up you got it you got to get in there i then i watch both like i I don't know it just doesn't really make sense to like treat the first season as so do or die but again like like i don't work there either so i don't fucking know what these margins are uh mike are you are you excited for dark tower adaptation does that get you get you going sure
1: I'll, I don't... I, I mean, you I'll, and I you and I love that first movie. Well, so. I mean, give me a sequel to that first movie and I'll be fucking... <laughs> I'll be going crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll be like a lollipop factory. Um, whatever that means. Uh,
0: <laughs> you look it up, I guess. Yeah, look it up,
1: idiot. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited for anything that Flanagan wants to do, especially if it's Stephen King. The Dark Tower stuff, like, you know, I've read the first, like, two books way back when I was into them. I know it gets wild and crazy. Sounds cool. Um the The man that did Doctor Sleep, which uh, successfully combines not only his own ideas with Stanley Kubrick's uh, like masterpiece movie, and also Stephen King's masterpiece book, which are two very different things,
0: which are also like don't like each
1: don't other, don't like in a each way, other, right? and he's able to interconnect yeah. them. Uh, I mean, I can't think of anybody else better than that to try and do this kind of interconnected universe. My only. The only thing I don't like is like he's like five seasons and two movies. I'm like, this is literally he's, lock, he's locked up. He's this locked is literally up. a bit on a comedy show. Like you are, you are doing the thing that they were making fun of like ten years ago, and where it's just like we're doing this. We're like, take it slow, stop. Yeah, make a first season. Slow down, and it's I I. It's just like everybody just kind of wants to know what's going to happen. And again, I think we talked about this a little bit in um, uh, the Avatar episode Um, about, you know, as more and more of like the production and the pre-production and like, you know, the box office numbers and like the inner workings of how movies are made and distributed and released and stuff like that. As more and more of that becomes kind of not only accessible, but understandable to general audiences, they're kind of creating this new marketing machine that it's like don't even get excited about who's just playing Superman get excited about who's directing it like everybody's getting excited like oh and this guy wrote it oh and it's coming from this studio that made this movie oh and it's gonna already has this plan for it's like it's becoming just a little bit like I like that people are understanding how movies are made but I feel like it's kind of creating the wrong feeling towards them where it's just like well where are they going to go with this am I just going to get one and it's like, well, you can just get one. You can just get one. Wrong it's, just, it's just one. get one.
0: I think that I think that's like a a problem that definitely is happening and it does suck. I think with the Dark Tower, though, like maybe it is good to kind of like let people know, especially because like the first movie it was just like, so you guys are adapting the Dark Tower into one movie, and they're like, hell yeah, brother, and you're like, what? Whereas like in this, like, you know, the Dark Tower is like it's a seven book series that spans a lot of stuff. I think announcing that like it is envisioned to be five seasons with two features is kind of just like, okay, I guess like if I was like a hardcore Mm -hmm. fan of the books, like that is what I want. They're going to give it
1: the room. It needs the respect. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I think that's like cool, but I do agree, you know, with your point in general though, where it is cool that general audiences are starting to kind of like have like the base understanding of how stuff is made. Mm. But it also is like, you know, the the more we treat these things as products and not art, it's just going to feel cheaper and cheaper, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, capitalism kills innovation. That's my, that's what I'm going to say about that. Uh, moving on to story number three, Donald Glover set to star in Spider-Man based movie, uh, Spider-Man movie based on villain Hypno Hustler. Uh, the story is written by Boris Kitt for The Hollywood Reporter created by bill mantelow the writer who also created rocket raccoon and artist frank springer hypno hustler was very much a product of the disco music scene when he first appeared in peter parker the spectacular spider-man number 24 in 1978 his real name was anton delson delson uh the leader of the band called the mercy killers he used to He used hypnosis technology in his instruments on his audience in order to rob them. Hypno-Hustler is not considered one of Spider-Man's top villains. In fact, he regularly shows up on the worst villains list. But sources say Glover sparked to the musical aspect of the character and the fact that he has less Marvel canon baggage freeing him to the broader interpretations. The project could be anything from a disco period piece to a reimagined modern hip-hop version or even a cyberpunk future play. Adding to the adding to the spark was Murphy's take, the details of which are being kept below the base clef. Fun wordplay. Uh I think it's funny that Donald Glover, they just won't let him do anything Spider-Man related, but let him be so close to doing it. Uh his, you know, history with Marvel, I think in Spectacular Spider-Man, he voiced Miles Morales. He plays uh uh, I forget his human, his regular character name, but he plays the the Prowler mm-hmm. in the character who will become the Prowler in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think it's funny that they he just like won't be a Spider-Man ever. Um, but I do think this character, I think this is interesting. I hope they go really like artsy and weird with it because I think that's like the only thing I'm interested in. What do you What do you think about this news story, Mike?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, who you you know. What do you got? For, for for really good uh, radio, and no disrespect, I do not fucking care about this. Like, <laughs> at all. It, I mean, it's kind of the same thing when it's like when they announce, like, they're going to make a Morbius movie. I was like, huh? And then look how that turned out. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of like, well, here we are, so... Now it's Donald Glover is involved so I'm sure that it would be very very cool Uh we'll see like how weird he wants to get with it and how weird they let him get with it it's a very weird character Um I think like
0: you know if he gets like Atlanta with it where he, it gets like super weird cool. and like maybe he even makes like a Hypno Hustler like album that comes out at the same time yeah. I feel like stuff like that can be hype I think I think the idea of like you know this like Pied Piper hip hop character is like is like kind of cool i think if anything the things that make me like you know roll my eyes at it's like you know it is a spider-man villain it's a sony movie which means that it's in this you know madam web morbius venom ilk which uh none of those movies are good the venom movies i think are fun oh yeah Um, sure and it is because they are bad so
1: I just, I don't, I don't know, know what the fucking point of this shit is. I, like, I don't mean to sound like a... Yeah, like I usually try to be very positive and kind of just think about, like, well, what's going on here? Like, what's the fun they're having They're holding on to this? the
0: rights. That's what they're doing. They're holding on to the rights and trying to stay relevant in in the wake of, like, what Marvel's doing. Where I'm just like, you guys should just sell the fucking
1: rights yeah. and cash out. Just like, cash out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's It's just like... What is your plan here? Like, like, and, and again, like not that like everything needs to be connected and stuff like that. But it's like they're they're not they're not doing Joker. Like they're not doing like this is its own thing. They're not doing the Batman. Yeah. Where it's like this is its own thing. disconnected. Like, no, people are swerving in and out and you're confusing people. Like the Morbius Vulture weird. shit is yeah. like actively confusing people. Like they're just like, I don't understand what's going on.
0: The the vision, the coolest vision I see for this movie, I don't think is what's going to happen. And, like, I do think, like, you know, if you want to do stuff, if you want to do things that are like the Joker with, like, this movie, it's like, okay, I think that's, like, kind of a cool play. Like, I think that's interesting. But I don't see that. And, like, I don't know. Are they just working to eventually having, like, Andrew Garfield cameo in these movies and you find out it's, like, his Spider-Man universe or something like that? Maybe. like Maybe. That's the only way I feel like you can even like salvage these movies but also that all being said with the exception of Morbius which did like not the worst at the box office but not that good uh they make money I mean the Venom movie is print money like that's just mm-hmm. that's just that so as long as they keep making dough it's going to keep happening but yeah this is this is a weird one um yeah, I included it in here because it's interesting. But yeah, overall,
1: I also don't care about it. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> not trying to be it, like... I mean, it, it, it's worth talking about it and kind of like the, the the state of Sony and stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, I read that news article and I was like, all right, well, okay, I'll yeah, find out more weird. about that in like a year.
0: Yeah. But uh, moving on from that, the uh, story number four, you know, so I feel like we end up talking a lot about like Warner Brothers and... Um, dc and stuff like that but they they do you know it's the biggest news stories happening right now and this one i think is really interesting to talk about westworld to be removed from hbo max the story is written by nelly and for deadline two other original scripted series westworld and the nevers are coming off hbo max unlike others that we have reported on Lionsgate tv's minx and love life and sony tv's Gordita Chronicles, all comedies, Westworld and the Nevers are high-end Warner Brothers discovery drama productions for HBO proper. And I hear they are likely to resurface on the other company platforms. The removal of Westworld is a surprise as it remains one of the most recognizable, recognizable HBO dramas of the last decade. The sci-fi series was recently canceled after four seasons. So some of its fans may not have caught up on all the episodes before it's removal. Uh, I think this is really kind of fucked up. I, I think that Westworld getting cancelled after four seasons is probably a bummer to some fans, Um, but like that shit happens, right? But to take a HBO Max to take a HBO show off your platform is just like the thing that I think is like interesting we're talking about about this movie, and oh, I'm kind of glad that you're here Mike, because you're so pro uh, physical media, oh. is just that the I think it's like we're in a really bad place with all these streaming services that maybe we didn't have the foresight of or I didn't have the foresight of, of like, yeah, some of these shows, because companies are getting wise to not wanting to pay royalties on things anymore because they don't have to, uh, are just like taking these shows off the only platform that they also own the rights to. So then it's just like, well, how do people get to consume this media anymore? And then what does that mean for the artists that created this media? And I think something like Westworld where people could like, I'm watching The Americans right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that show wrapped years ago and it's still like accessible to me and able to watch. People could watch Westworld for the next like five to ten years and beyond. Like it's a good – like I've seen the first season. I like the first season. But like to my understanding, the show is cool. Like it's a good show. Cool show. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. What do, what do you what do you make of all this, Mike? Oh, man. Here we are again. Nobody likes it. I told you so except for me <laughs> because it's usually <laughs> me. Uh, no, it's that – this has been a drum that I have been banging for more than ten years, where it's just like, listen, if you like something, buy it physical, because you don't own it, and I'm not trying to be all conspiratorial and all that nonsense stuff. Like, oh, the government will take it away, and they want your digital ID, which is probably going to happen anyway. Um, yeah. You know, but it's it's like a. If you don't have internet, you can't watch this shit. And if the internet goes down or something happens where you're no longer granted access to the internet while something is happening, like you can't access these things that you think are just going to be there. And one of the biggest ones is, you know, things drop all the time. But also, like you said, the royalties thing, people are just going to take these things and get rid of them. And now you can't watch Westworld anymore unless you have the DVDs or the Blu-rays or until it most likely pops up. On something, on something else. They're going to sell it to somebody to stream it, you know, like, um, you know, like uh, you're watching the Americans on Hulu, right? Yeah. And Hulu is um, like Searchlight and Disney Um, and the Americans is an FX show and so like they sold it to them they're like right, now you have it, same thing with like Seinfeld and stuff like that, that gets sold to HBO but then they took it off of HBO and they put it onto like Netflix or vice versa whichever way it was, like that's how these things work, but it's also not the original versions of the show because they change things as far as royalties for music and stuff like that, Um, maybe not wanting to pay certain actors that guest star in like an episode or two so they just cut those episodes, delete those scenes work around it, they do shit like that um, right. So if you want to have the version of the thing that you like because the first time you watched it, you liked it, you got to own it. Um, and it costs more money. Like I do the same thing with, uh, you know, with video games and uh, music yeah. as well. Like I collect vinyl um, and I collect Blu-rays and I buy all of my games pretty much outright, like the big games, and stuff like that, because I like to own them. Because uh, it also has resale value for now. Because I know that they're planning on coding the discs and stuff where you can only download it once or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, video game companies have not liked reselling for sure. Forever. which is because
1: it, it such Which for them, fucking but... weird <laughs> though. It's like I. That's what yeah. it is. It's a product I own. It. I should be able to resell it. Like it's. That's the way. Well, it's just that shit. That's works. the thing. Yeah. If these companies,
0: it's it's the same as HBO Max. these companies can find a loophole mm-hmm. or a way to to not allow you to own their product so they have the complete ownership like complete ownership of it yeah. where they can be like oh actually well, that's like, you, no exactly. Westfield
1: for you that's what it is it's yeah. they want to it's the rental thing it's they you know let's get you know let's get a little deep here on uh, on weird shit. but it's like that's why you know credit scores were created in the late 80s sure. you know and so that you can't own a car or own a house you know, you have to rent everything and that's that's so yeah. that like you are dependent on a system that allows you access to these things for a fee as, as opposed to you like flat out owning something and then you can do whatever you want with it. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. Like even people, friends yeah. and stuff like that who buy houses, you know, who are pretty well off these days, like because they got a good job, good career, everything's going fine. Like they don't own that house just yet. They're going to be paying that mortgage until the day they fucking die, most likely. Like it's that—that's like, kind of the whole yeah, thing. It's Twenty to thirty years, the very yeah, least. And you know, you know that yeah. shit is real because that is you know transportation and housing and being able to live. We're talking about you know watching the weird Ed Harris Western sci-fi movie where people are rabbits. Um, but yeah, and then you know I
0: think about the um the artist perspective, mm-hmm. you know, where these people who worked hard in the show for four seasons are probably at the very least like, oh we got cancelled, but at least like it lives on, right? Like it gets to be consumed like like T V and art is timeless in that way. And now it is
1: not. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like, nuts I, that they're not gonna give them yeah. one more season. Because it's just like it's such a The viewership cannot be that fucking low uh, for it's that. It's pretty show. fucking low. Uh, but it's You think well, so what yeah. is it? I was looking at numbers before I believe um you go, because the first season was, like, fucking huge. huge. It was the biggest movie and yeah. it was a biggest show in the world when it was on. It was, like, something... It was, like, almost cracking, like, fucking 2 million views per episode, um, which is right. very big. And I believe the last season was averaging closer to, like, 250,000, 300,000. I think that's not good at all for how expensive right. that show is. And I think that it is... You know, the show's pretty good. I like it because it's super weird. You know, it's not the most perfect thing, but it is what it is and it knows what it is and it doesn't try to be anything else and it likes to change things up every season. Like, you know, you show somebody the fourth season of Westworld, it looks nothing like the first two seasons. Yeah,
0: I, mean, I remember seeing the trailer for the third one and I was just like, Aaron Paul and they're in a sci-fi city. It's crazy. Where, like, that show easily, and maybe <laughs> it would have been safer for them if they were just like, each season is a different... um Play like yeah. you know, like you know, we we go to you know Westworld or
1: Asian yeah, they, robot world or, or to an Egyptian they robot world. Yeah, they they do that to an extent, but they do it in a more kind of like clever, artistic, forward way than uh, like you know put butts back in the seat and it's like well if you like the old west here comes a a 50s noir gangster world like that shit is in there but it's not the main pull people just they're more character driven in that
0: way yeah yeah which is you know cool and i I respect that i respect them trying to you know westworld is always one of the shows i wanted to get back to and now
1: well you know i feel like part of the problem i mean it'll (laughs) pop up somewhere else and i would imagine most likely they have to pay the people because there's a uh there's a pay... There's like... What is it called? Like a pay or play um, contract. So they, that
0: you, like they, what, they pay them out. They basically. have to pay all
1: the actors. And I think it's something like 15 to 20 million dollars. Um, but... Sounds like they it really will cost more look. money to make the goddamn show. And I get it. And yeah, I guess that's true. That's the shake-up yeah. aspect of what they're doing. They're going to do less of these kind of things that aren't putting butts in the seats. Um, and yeah. they're going to focus more money on their little fucking dragon show. Um... That show's good. I mean, I, I mean, I sure haven't show. watched it yet. I'm just kind of over that shit. I'm going to watch it eventually because like I didn't watch Game of Thrones for like the first three seasons sure. and then I just started getting into it. And I fucking loved it. Like what a fun show to watch week to week. I'm just like, I feel like they didn't yeah. take enough time. Water just like cooler calm the show. fuck down. Like it's, do something else. Spend money on something else. I don't know. I'm just not really interested in it, but I'll watch it because it's got some actors in it that I like and I'll get to it. Leave me the yeah, fuck alone. I, I, um, <laughs> I will
0: say, you know, Game of Thrones, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I haven't watched it at no. all. And I watched House of the Dragon. I was like, this shit's cool. Mm-hmm. And I, it was good. And I think a lot of people have like, I remember seeing people on Twitter being so fucking annoying at House of the Dragon and to see them by the last episode be like, this show's pretty cool, huh? It's just like, yeah, you you guys. Like, mm-hmm. you're just coming out fucking blasting this thing. And with Westworld, And my, my kind of final note on it is just like, you know, like I said, a show getting canceled sucks, but like it happens. It does suck when it doesn't get to have like its final, like arc or it's like final, like, Hey, let us get a last episode in, please yeah. that always like really stings and it sucks. But to, to take it away in its entirety, I'm just like, it, it's you know, it feels, it's bad. It just feels
1: bad. And, you know? and it's, it's again, like that's the shakeup thing for hbo continuing to kind of go down the line like you know they're getting rid of Batgirl, they're getting rid of they're changing the dcu they're removing people from the flash all this different shit um and now they're hitting the tv shows where they're just like look if we've got a big goddamn show like a dragon show um and it costs a shit ton of money but people are watching it and they're talking about it all the time we'll keep it if it's a show that costs a shit ton of money and we're not doing that much, get rid of it. Put that money into something else. If it's a show about, you know, you know, we can just shoot it at an island and it's about a bunch of white people being white AF and everybody yeah. fucking loves the White Lotus and can't fucking stop talking about it and won't shut the fuck up and leave me the fuck alone. I'll get to it. You it's know, it's, I, I hear it's fucking good. I know It's really good. I have it's the really Internet. Good. I also know that it's good. I haven't watched it yet for reasons. It's horny. It's horny. Fuck. It's a horny show. Did you see Triangle of Sadness? Bro. Bro. That shit was crazy. So yeah, so like that's, I, I'm, I'm like, heard I, are like, I have to rethink my list. People now. are like Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> it kind of is doing a lot of the same stuff as White Lotus. just very differently. You know they're kind of talking about the same thing, and there's yeah. like similarities. There's like links up, and I'm like, oh, all right, well that's cool. I get that. I kind of get that. Triangle of Sadness. I didn't expect to be the funniest movie. Of the so year. fucking good, man. I dude, wish I saw that in the theater. So, I'm so upset with myself. Me too. I'm me too. So I mean,
0: we watched it at home. That was fine, but yeah, seeing that yeah. there's like that. You know, the, oh, yeah, the, 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 big the big scene, scene. to see oh. that. Oh Oof. my god, with
1: a theater full of people, oh, dude. Man. I mean, I was trying to oh. figure out why people were walking out halfway through and just saying nah, and I was like, I wonder what's going on yeah wouldn't expect and then that And that's what flick. was going on so there you go yeah yeah really but, really amazing yeah flick. i loved it um but also like this is this thing like we talked about five months ago in the first episode where hbo specifically as a streamer right now and yeah. warner brothers which owns hbo and dceu as a studio like right now are a kind of litmus test for what is going to be happening to everything else um you know it's it's where there's smoke, there's fire. And if they took West this is not fucking, you know, uh, fucking like Anna and the Gordita Club, uh, whatever the fuck it's called, getting pulled from Jesus HBO, Christ. whatever. I I, I I can't remember. It just sounds like that. It's a, it's Gordita Chronicles. Gordita Michael? Chronicles. What the hell is that? That's what it says. I don't know. Uh, it's Sony TV. Okay, sure. Think. Um. <laughs> it's like the. This is. Westworld. This is like one of the biggest shows of the last 10 years, inarguably, maybe not so much in the third and fourth season, but like those first two seasons, man, everybody was talking about that. Everybody was watching it. Everybody was talking yeah. about it. Um, Absolutely. And t- for that to be not only canceled, but then removed entirely, however temporarily, that's kind of showing where streamers are going. And like Netflix is about to do, I think one of the smartest things they can do, which is the they're taking away the password sharing. Because, yeah, it's I mean, gonna piss people it's going to but... piss people off, but it's the right market because they could have done that at any time. They literally probably have a button that took them a week to yeah. design. Where it's like no longer, but they're waiting because they understand that, like, you know. And I I hate giving Netflix credit for certain things because they really <laughs> are kind of falling apart in a lot of stuff. But this is smart. Yeah, they will gain more people than they will lose because they're not going to lose the people that have been paying for this stuff already. No. Maybe they'll lose like 5% of them because they were like, well, the whole reason I had it is so I could share it. You know? But. Yeah, I think the
0: price increase people, might push people away more than their password. Yeah, people sharing. are hooked
1: now. It was like, remember when they were like, remember when Fox News was talking about, uh, dun dun dun, uh, when they were talking about like, people at Halloween like putting like drugs in kit to get them hooked on drugs sure. which is not how drugs work um, giving them to free o- to away to children to have them, <laughs> it doesn't make sense um, but now everybody that's been using someone else's Netflix account for years I have two friends that use my Netflix account um, Yeah, my mom uses them they're my- hooked now like yeah. once they take it away I'm gonna be like hey man I'm sorry and then I can do anymore they're gonna go get they're gonna be like you know what it's always been nice having Netflix. It's 14, 10 bucks a month for like whatever this is. Let's just get it. And that's gonna happen, I think. You're gonna get more of that than you're gonna get um uh people just being like, well, fuck Netflix, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. But it's like again, like we've also talked about on other episodes as well as that first episode of Story Screen Reports, is like the the model of like people like Glass Onion. People are not yeah going to get Netflix to watch Glass Onion, they're not going to do it. The people Mm -hmm. that already have Netflix are watching Glass Onion. So when you put it in theaters for a week, a bunch of people went out to see it and then you just took it out. And like that was people, some of those people probably had Netflix and they just wanted to see it earlier. Like they're giving you more money and that theatrical release concept is going to start is going to start coming back because Netflix just showed that like Glass Onion probably would have like... Glass Onion probably would have crossed like five, six hundred million dollars. Like It would have oh, yeah. made a lot of I money. So. And now it's just on It's just there. And it's just people who already have Netflix. they are yeah. not getting any extra money. They don't have to pay extra to see Glass Onion. They already have it because they want to watch Midnight Club. You know,
0: they need to. They This is a necessary step for them to like generate revenue. Yeah. And as long as Netflix can produce four to five pieces of Killer content that people want to talk about and see, it's over. Like they want I mean, they, they lost Flanagan,
1: know. and that was like the big thing that they had. That's a big one. I, That's a big one. You they, know, they can, got, they can get another they've one. They've got their stranger <laughs> things. Um and uh the movie. I mean, like, movies, you know, like things right? like uh, the Murphy, like like the Dahmer and all that stuff, like they've got all I that. I think they might I think they have because that. So. that dropped on Netflix. I mean, they had a they had a and they also have like, you know, pretty
0: interesting deals with like directors. Like, you know, Gamal yep. del Toro had two major pieces of content come out this year for the very
1: director driven like they've given a lot of people like Scorsese who fucks around with them you know for sure
0: so as long as they can like you know generate these deals where it's like hey in the year of 2025 Yorgos Lanthimos is our boy and he has a show he produced and a movie he directed and it's like if they can keep doing stuff like that they got Mm -hmm. my dollar you know
1: but yeah again like it's just like everybody's paying attention to what's going on both streaming wise and theatrical wise Mm -hmm. and you know uh, franchise interconnected universe studio building wise with Warner Brothers and stuff, because they just, they kind of just like fell ass backwards into it and kind of have to deal with it and are dealing with it on a pretty big scale. And, you know, it's telling that, you know, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Cause I know we want to keep, go- keep moving, but it's mm-hmm. telling that Warner Brothers and, you know, discovery over yonder with HBO max and stuff it like got a new, like CEO and like like running like what's going on and stuff like that and it's all public and we're hearing all about it and all these changes and it's so it's such a kerfuffle and <laughs> the Rock is lying about how much Black Adam made through leaks um, and arguing with and journalists just arguing with people like, about it yeah. like he's fucking Donald Trump or something we're like that's it's not true insane. Like, yeah, it's, it's insane. insane Um that's all happening on the public on the public page and then over at Disney <clears throat> fucking Bob Iger is back after forever as as the new ceo and you you you're not hearing anything he's just like mm. he's like we're going to mm. we're going to do some stuff you I'm sure we'll hear about stuff soon especially in the new year <coughs> as he's kind of relearning yeah. where everything is but it's just like where his desk is everybody just, just like is, calm, everybody over at water just needs to it, 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 it does not look
0: good <laughs> it's just it looks no, like you guys a bad, too, not too, it's good. a bad look and it's just like it's like so you guys are making hbo max worse and we just have to fucking deal with it. But the thing is, they also have people buy the balls because if they have a a Game of Thrones and a White Lotus, and again, they just have these five killer apps per year, like, that's it. Like, you know, that's. They got you. We'll see. But moving on to story number. Story number. Do
1: I hear. Bells? Do I hear. Do I hear maybe a hot takes theme? Do I hear maybe. F- puss oh. In
0: the puts That's right, we are doing a special thing For story number five It's not a new, it maybe it's the biggest new story of the year <laughs> I don't know, I feel <laughs> like I'm losing my fucking mind About this shit Michael and I, you know, we do We do hot takes as well You know, we cover the new movies We did uh, all the Shrek movies recently For our members only page uh, The name of that podcast, I, I have trouble remembering It's it's Peeling the Onion <laughs>
1: Uh, Hanging in the swamp. <laughs> is it digging in the swamp? No, it's. Uh, I mean, this is kind of I part don't know of the that bit is. That's why we don't check. It's at kind this of Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, that's why we don't look. Uh, Mike and I. So the new Puss in Boots movie is coming out. Puss in Boots, the last, the last wish, and you know, we were. I don't know about you. I was hearing crazy things. it's getting
1: swamped. AKA peeling the onion. I just remembered. Getting swamped. There you go. Yeah.
0: Getting Swamped, aka Peeling the Onion. Uh, and people were like, you know, being like, yo, this new Puss in Boots movie is pretty crazy. And I was like, there's just no fucking way. So we're like, let's do it. It'd be a fun, you know, holiday bit. Let's talk about Puss in Boots. So I watched the first one. I'm assuming you
1: watched the first one. Yep, I did. Watched I the watched the one. first one Christmas Eve night on a laptop, yeah. uh, sitting on the floor <laughs> of my parents' <laughs> guest room. That movie is weird. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on in that there. thing, man
0: yeah i mean like it's cool it does like uh it's interesting that the first Puss in boots movie is trying to do what the 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 strength of shrek where it's like it's a genre movie so it's trying to be kind of like a western mm-hmm. it's also you know has you, know, you got humpty dumpty you got all this stuff going on in there pussy that first Puss in boots, you know it's fine it's fine it opens up with him like fucking the cat and then leaf. Which,
1: which i, I was like crazy way I, I, I i'm like this is an said insane out loud way cause i was watching with diana i was like strong start <laughs> I was yeah. just like, he just bold, fucked that cat.
0: Bold. Uh, this second Puss in Boots movie...
1: I mean, let's just say it. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. 100%. It's a top 10... I it is a top need 10 to movie. I go see it again immediately this week. Um, I have to see it, it again. It is... I mean... No spoilers, right? We're not going to spoil. Because, like, this isn't hot takes. We won't uh, spoil I, it. It's not hot takes. We won't spoil it. There's enough to talk about with I guarantee, again, much like Avatar The Way of Water, um, we will be discussing this movie on another episode sometime in the future for reasons of being better. fucking great. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, like, the the uh, the kind of almost, like, rotoscoping aspect that's like made so popular like that spider-man into the spider-verse kind of utilized kind of utilizing this anime kind of style of like moving around characters and zooming out and zooming in and it doesn't look like sin's characters moving around and being funny it's getting mixed together with the classic kind of shrek animation which looks so fucking good now like it's just like Look at how yeah. good this fucking movie looks when you don't try to make it look realistic. Like when you're not trying to make every hair on puss like look photorealistic, like Titus's fucking hair in Final Fantasy X. Like when you're just like, <laughs> like they're giving it like this broad paint like kind of thing where it like it looks like a like a page from a fairy tale book come to life. It's just so. It's it the way, it's so way it, it always should have looked, right? Good. It looks so good and it's engaging the first opening fight scene, like, not spoiling specifics and stuff like that, but Puss fights a very large, uh, anime, enemy. And it is yeah. done in a way where you're just like, I think I, I think I whispered fantastic to no one. I think I literally, I, like, halfway through it, <laughs> and I was just like, fantastic. You know, you're just like, <laughs> dude, they're that, doing it.
0: That opening scene, the first like, 15 minutes of the movie, like, I was, uh, Like, that scene where um, the main character in Terminator 2 is getting, like, blown away in the nuclear explosion, I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I was like, I cannot. And, like, I think I saw it. It was me and a family. It was, like, a family, but they had one kid. So it was, like, you know, maybe, like, a mom, a kid. Yeah, I saw
1: Puss in Boots last night, um, Christmas Day night at 730 at at the Poughkeepsie Galleria. Um, ooh, la, la. just cause like we were traveling we got home we live in Poughkeepsie so it was just like oh just we'll run over there and catch this thing so I can talk about it in the morning and yeah we okay. had similarly we had like uh, oh it was the two of us me and Diana and maybe 12 other people it's 730 on Christmas okay, night pretty, like, pretty not, decent not turnout, bit, but there are a lot of kids a lot, like a lot of like, yeah. like one adult bringing like some three kids in there and uh, I'm telling you right now, I enjoyed
0: that movie more than anyone, especially that fucking kid. I enjoyed that movie more than anybody in that theater. It was, I oh, was yeah. like, I cried like three oh, times. yeah, man. baby. And I, think, and I think one of the, cry, one of the cries I was having was not even like necessarily like movie related. It was like at the middle point where I was like, I can't believe how good this movie yes. is. And also as someone who like grew up and loved that first trick movie, it's like, I didn't realize I was waiting for this movie to come out for no, me, not at all. Like if I, I if I saw this movie when I was a kid, I would have lost my absolute it's mind. It's like and I already and I did now. As an yeah, adult.
1: it's like the 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 lessons that are in it for kids to learn are fucking fantastic. The new characters they introduce are so much fun. You feel like oh they should God. be annoying. They they so easily could become annoying and just become that classic bullshit DreamWorks thing that they can do. When, when
0: you first meet Harvey uh, Gillen's character. Yeah. I remember being. I remember being like, yeah, oh, "Here we here go, here we, all busy. over, this yeah." Here we, we go. go. Uh, and then by the end of the movie, I'm like, I'm like cheering for him. Yeah, I'm like, this absolutely!" Is kind amazing. of in the same
1: way that all the characters react to him, which is very funny because, like, right. yeah, you're just like this. Obviously, nice we here. clue in on we cl- we the audience clue into it a little earlier, and again, don't want to get specific and stuff like that. But it's like it is very, it is. Every moment, like every beat in this goddamn movie, be it visual or storytelling wise or even audio uh, audio um, audio audio, uh, is just like um, perfected. It is just calibrated perfectly to what it needs to be to serve all the other aspects of it and just be entertaining and be a thing that you just like there's a character that every time they show up literally scared the shit out of me and it's and that also happens to other characters in it. And it was really funny. There was I think there was a kid in the back of the theater that was maybe getting scared at the more intense moments because there are intense moments. Very much yeah. so that I was there's one moment in particular uh, at the, towards the start of the movie where you see blood, which just like. I was like, wait! Shocked? What? I, was, I was shocked. It's insane. I thought it
0: was going to be a bit like it's just like, oh, there's like a genu. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. It was
1: absolutely insane. Yeah. I think there was one kid getting a little scared. So the 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 dad or whoever was like kind of chaperoning this group of like a couple kids, he would laugh at like very oh it's very kind of serious like things. Chill it out. Um, and it didn't take away because this is a kids movie again. Like I don't give a shit if some kids like. What is what does he say? Like I don't care about that. It's a kid's movie. Yeah, I'm whatever. not watching fucking Triangle of Sadness up here. Although Puss in Boots, if it had a Triangle of Sadness mid mid movie scene, number one movie pretty, of the pretty, year would be yeah. pretty good. That's going to be the 21st <laughs> century. Um,
0: yeah, I have only one knock against Puss in Boots. Uh, we could talk maybe. I could if I can figure out a way to get around it. Okay, yeah. free wise.
1: But it was, kinda, it was kind of it was kind of nice because like whenever I would hear this dad do this kind of fake laugh, I I would know like. Oh this is affecting that kid up there. Like it's sure. And it's like yeah, again like every time a certain character shows up like it is like fucking scary and for them to do that in a movie that's made for kids and to have that kind of connection to all of these characters be they good guys or bad guys or somewhere in between is fucking great. And the voice casting is just like out out of, of control. Of like this it's world. like this thing where you're like well, of course they would cast, you know, John Mulaney and Florence Pugh, you know, and uh, like all these like big names and stuff because like it's perform like performance casting, you know, like not just for the performance, sure. but it's just like for the marketing. Like, oh, we brought all these people together, but everybody does such a great job. It just, it's like it's perfect what they're doing with these characters. Yeah. I can't. And Ray Winstone as a bear. Fantastic. Chef's so kiss. So good. So good. Yeah, and like you know the
0: the 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 shrekisms of it where it's like yeah, we're taking these uh fairy tale characters and making them like different and crass and unique like it, it's I like how in this movie like they only really hit it a few times and the times that they do hit it they really explore like the Goldilocks arc in this movie Florence Pugh, Florence Pugh plays Goldilocks in the movie is is complete it's a complete arc there's character change it's amazing and like I really love seeing it and and yeah, I couldn't get over, and the thing that is, is really what blew me away, too, is like, the movie has action in it, and it's in, it's enthralling to watch. It's incredible. Yes. It's like, it's so cool, and like, yeah, I, I, I what you were saying earlier about just like the, the painterly style of it to see, like, it almost looks like like splashes of paint filling out, puts in Boots' its fur, but then like, the movie does have times where it like, you know, doesn't switch to hyper-realism, but like, you know, does like, it lets you see like, the fur reacting to something yes um but it's like it feels more of like yeah it feels more of uh it's trying to be this cartoon cgi hybrid that it kind of it always was meant to be and uh it and the movie does leave off in in an exciting place for the franchise overall oh yeah uh, um which is which is interesting but also like that's where my my issue comes into place with so where i'm like if I think Puss in Boots narratively works better as, like, a finite movie. Yeah. And it, you know, for obvious reasons, and, you know, I'm not, you know, gonna judge it too harshly, but it was my one knock where I was like, this is, if it just was, like, like Logan.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, know, it is, lo- where it, could it, be it, more it very much is it Logan. It is like yeah. Logan. Yeah. Um,
0: but if it was more of a period at the end, I think I would have, like, really... You know,
1: five out of five, but four and a half out of five. Yeah, and and I um, I'm new to this Puss and Boots. I've you know we we experienced the Puss, we got Pussed. Puss. uh, in yeah. like when we did our Shrek <laughs> our Shrek cast. Um, yeah, but you know this is like Puss like front and center, and I only just experienced that. I'd never seen Puss and Boots before. Um Same. yeah. And just in the span of two days, he's like my best friend, and so I'm kind of like. I'll take some, I'll take more puss, like, for now, like, you know, but, like, I also understand that, like, he's kind of like the straight man, little comedy and stuff like that, but he's kind of like, the fact that he doesn't fit in as well with all the other Shrek characters is kind of the point of him in those movies, like, that's why they have to, they have to make him, you know, they make him, like, chubby in one of them, like, there's always got to be a bit with him, he can't just be puss in boots anymore, because that's not funny anymore, it's only funny in the first one. Yeah. So it is kind of cool like to have him. He's kind of perfect to have his own like separate kind of story. And like I-, I would imagine that this movie is probably going to make a lot of money, especially at the time that it's released. Um,
0: it's like the only kids movie. It's the out, only kids, right kid's
1: right movie out actually. right now and the only kids movie coming out for quite a while.
0: And I have to imagine the word of ma- the word of mouth on it is going is to is, just launch. You know. Yeah. Yeah, in our in our circles of like film nerds, I've people have gone. You know, we're we're entering. So I can only imagine we're entering
1: the big week for Christmas right now, where it's like you know, a a lot of people go see movies. You know, the day before, like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. A lot of people go, but not as much as you would think that would like really launch numbers. It's the week between Christmas and New Year's, Um, and this year we have a crazy one because like New Year's Eve and New Year's Day are on. like they're they're hitting uh the weekend so everybody's really off this week Coming that we're going into right now like we're recording this the morning that of that of it's posting you know because we want to be able to hit puss in boots too and be able to kind of just like talk about everything um but the word of mouth on this thing is going to really start hitting the old interwebs and you know like everyone's going to be talking about it because it's that's where you take the kids. Like right now, if like you want to just like calm down yeah. for like a nice two hours, like buy them some popcorn, some candy, sit them the fuck down and just like take a nap in the theater. But I think parents are going to have yeah. a hard time taking a nap because it's like, you know, this thing like fucks.
0: It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Like it's really cool. I was like trying to tell my, like my parents about it on a uh, Christmas. And I was just like, I was like, yeah, I saw the new Boots* movie. It was great. You, know, you see avatar. I was like, avatar was cool. Like it was long, but I liked it. And I was like, this new Boots* movie yeah. and they're so just like all right whatever it's going to sound like no, a bit but for a while so it's going to I did, and that's yeah.
1: I was like nervous that it was going to be a bit you know that that's I was going go to go see it I it was like, going to be right. fine it would be good but it would be like you know a little silly and like you know one of those I was I was actually thinking that it was going to be kind of more playing back to the nostalgia of the struck movies where like they're doing all those pop culture references and all that shit which some people like which doesn't really happen as much anymore so maybe that would be like you know, a late 90s, early aughts nostalgia thing, and I didn't want that. But the movie really doesn't do that. Like, kind of at all. It's yeah, timeless it, in it, a lot is, of ways.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, and which I think is its strength. We're even watching, like, you know, I think the first Puss in Boots movie, it does have a bit of... The first Puss in Boots movie, I do think, is trying to play to the strength of Shrek, but do Puss in Boots. Um, and I think it's a fine kids mm-hmm. movie. You know, with some moments that I, I laughed during. Uh, I love the last shot of him on the horse. And I'm glad they... Uh, remembered that shot of mm-hmm. <laughs> in the future because I think it's I think it's so funny um but yeah I think it's uh I think if future movies in the Shrek franchise uh can be like this Puss in Boots movie I think we are in for a fucking ride like I think that's really gonna hit um and you know even having done the Shrek podcast like you know those movies don't really dip in quality too much yeah you know? I mean I really didn't like the third one's whack but like but Shrek Forever After
1: also cool, like but... I have found out that like that is a very uh unique opinion uh that a lot of people apparently like Shrek 3. Um
0: that's that's insane it, to
1: me. I've had people like talk to me about it like like bringing up like the shrek podcast and stuff like that and they're like what's your favorite shrek and i'm like oh well that's a hard question <laughs> i get all like, i get all oh it's <laughs> so much to take into account of stuff. but i always mention i was like shrek the third i was just not into at all and they're just like really like i mean i thought it was all right it's better than the fourth one and i'm just like hold on a second here like hold on
0: difference of opinion and, you know I guess. and that's
1: fine like i'm not gonna get in a i'm not gonna get too heated sure. <laughs> about like a, a shrek off
0: you're not gonna wrestle in the no. swamp. Over Shrek,
1: yeah. Uh, Puss in Boots,
0: please. If you're listening to this, go and you go see. Go on see. it yet? You gotta see it. Do you think people need to see the first Puss in Boots before seeing this? I one?
1: think so. Um, mainly just because I feel like one of the main, um, one of the carryovers. One, yeah. One of the main relationships hits a little harder. Um. Because I was, I was like, "Do I have to watch the first one?" I knew I was going to anyway, just because context and this episode. Um, I, I didn't right. realize that like some characters were crossing over, and I mean, and there is, there's some moments in the second one that call back to moments that are experienced in not only the other Shrek movies but in the first one that I think just hit a little bit harder if you give, if you just give that first Puss in Boots that hour and a half that it needs um, to play out, and you're good
0: yeah i would recommend
1: knows.
0: yeah it's uh it's crazy that this uh you know 2023 became the year of struck for us yeah, it really <laughs> did like
1: who who would have yeah. thought because this was just like <laughs> who would we were have just guessed? having old fashions and uh and you're we like what are we gonna do for christmas we usually do something and it was just like what if we did puss, puss, ah, ha, ha. yeah right
0: like, and yeah, and here crazy. we are and now, one of the best movies of the year <laughs> i feel like at that point we didn't even know that last wish was no getting. we didn't we just knew that it was coming out
1: that. And we knew the date and we knew like it kind of lined up and we were like, Oh, we'll just do yeah. that.
0: Crazy. All right, so this was Story Screen Reports episode five. Uh we'll be back next month with a more traditional episode where we cover what we're watching next or what we're watching currently and also what's coming out in the following month. But we're doing a little bit different for the holidays, and we really needed it we had to rush to the mic to talk about the episode. One thing I don't understand, I have a gripe with. "Fear me if you dare" is his catchphrase. I don't think it makes any fucking sense. <laughs> Can you explain that? The, the, what does it mean to fear me if you dare? Fear me if you dare.
1: If you dare, we're allowed to do that voice. It's Antonio well, Banderas. It's not. I mean, we're doing it. Anything <laughs> else? It's Antonio <laughs> B. It's, it's like roots. when you yeah. do Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're not doing Austrians. You're doing Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're doing yeah, Arnold exactly. Schwarzenegger. True. Um, True. Fear me if you dare. It's it's kind of his like. He's a jack he, it's, his he, it's his cats phrase, he's a jackass he hasn't thought yeah. it through. It sounds cool but okay. if you think about it you're like what does that mean? Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't get it. Well. Uh also one of the best villains of the year I'll say that right.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Well I mean there's two there's two to choose from but I think we know the one I'm talking Oh about.
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean uh, the What's... other one too a uh, lot of fun like it's just great. kind of it's uh, a really silly idea that is just like used to perfection and isolated down to what it needs to be don't go too far. Good.
0: Good. Really tremendous movie. I will do everything in my power to make sure it's on my top top I'm going to try very hard. Uh, I'm going to try very hard. Uh, yeah, so this is another episode in the books. Uh, this is not the only podcast that StoryScreen does. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. So head over to our page to check out all of our amazing content, read a blog, watch another podcast head over to our youtube channel watch some stuff uh and also while you're at the on the theater website you can find uh the showtimes uh you can catch puss in boots at story screen right now you can go right now and see puss in boots yes, you can fucking do it please you can also see avatar uh i like avatar as well but puss in boots is really is shorter you can watch two, you can watch all the Puss and Puss movies yes, in, in the time, time yeah. and and get a snack. And still
1: catch the last uh, 20 minutes of Avatar.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just, just saying, uh, but yeah, we'll be back in, in the new year with some amazing content. We are getting ready to write and launch our uh, best of the year articles, do our best of the year podcast. A uh, very exciting time for story screen as we reflect on 2022, almost at 2023, but we're not there yet. Uh, Mike, anything to plug before we head out?
1: Um, No, I mean uh, happy holidays to everybody. Have a happy new year. Enjoy this week. Uh, do something constructive. <laughs> be be productive. <laughs> uh, um, be productive. Yeah, lie about numbers uh, for things that do would uh, profit you personally. And then lie about that. <laughs> always double down always, always double, double down. down like if you get caught in a lie I know that you, everybody always tells you like look if you get caught just fess up it'll be a lot easier and deal with it you you know but no I, I honestly think just keep digging that hole just keep going like what's the worst that could happen no one's gonna kill you the odds of you getting killed because you're lying are very unlikely so just you know fucking just keep lying and be productive <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sage advice from Mike Birch <laughs> at the end productive. of the year. Be productive. Uh, I don't have too much to plug. Um, I do some writing for uh, PC Magazine, so head over to PCMag.com. You can search Robert Anderson and see some of the stuff I've written. I did an article that is about movies, the uh, most accurate science and tech movies of all time. You can find there. I also did another uh, listicle on mm-hmm. gear. You can do work from home uh, for uh, from a coffee shop there so you know if you're looking for some wireless headphones or other stuff i have an article that tells you which ones to get check that out i have uh, more writings on the horizon so stay tuned for all of that but for now uh double down be productive and we'll see you in the
1: new year